You have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe Podcast. Your contacts code names are Luke. Being in any organization whatsoever, the organizations are actually like keyed up to uh, demolish you, demoralize you, and actually like undermine you at every step. Matt. Total dick move on your part is picking the 1988 album that's like seventh, and it's like you gotta listen to them all. Mike. But this guy's story is fucking amazing. It's amazing. And it's true. It's totally true. And it's like, fuck, I don't know who this guy is. I don't care about Booker T, but goddammit, if I don't love this guy. And Scott. He is, yeah. He has a good... I was like, dude, why was your mic so much better than mine? Uh, it was his goddamn Mac internal microphone. I was like, dude, are you shitting me? I actually like have a mic... What the fuck? You're supposed to sound worse than me. So yeah, he stole the fucking show. Hello there. You're listening to the Is It Safe Podcast, episode 34. Michael Govier, Scott... Luke, no Matt tonight. Matt is on a special date with a special friend at the Tigers game. He just witnessed Miguel Cabrera's 498th home run. He just hit it, so that was oh, that happened, cool. huh? What the yeah, fuck? Two really away from 500. Jesus. Yeah, he's sitting there with his uh, with an old professor. We were wondering, like, how does you know, like, how does that work? There's only there's only one teacher that I really want to see, and it's like my writing teacher from high school. But I don't know. But go, I don't know what we would do. I don't, I don't think we'd be sitting there and go, Tigers. I'd probably and reason like, will prevail. Reason will prevail. I'm sure it did. I'm sure they're having a very reasonable conversation with you guys. <laughs> you think they're talking about business stuff like America, politics? Yeah, probably not. This guy wants right. to tell me we're living in a. Actually, no, probably don't is. I don't know. It depends. What was the subject? He didn't say what the I'm professor in was. And in America. Yeah, true. It's his, it's his, uh, if it's like his German professor, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Now fucking pay me. <laughs> oh, that might be. That's true. They could be talking German. I don't know anything about that. It was bullying hey, professor. <laughs> what if you have to hang out with your professor and like touch base, but it's all in German or it's all in Spanish or whatever? That would just suck. Be like, God damn it. I'm too rusty. That sounds depressing. Yeah, I'm not into yeah, that at can't all. Can't even enjoy, you can't enjoy the game. Just figuring out how to conjugate verbs and shit. Enjoy the game, folks. On the right, right field, way <laughs> back and right. Gone. Oh. 498 for Miguel Cabrera. The Tigers are on the board, two to one. I was, what, <laughs> what inning is it? it, Dan. I mean, he, the second. he's just on a mission. He sees those numbers. He's getting 500 here. today. It's never been done. Way. It's never been done in the history of baseball. Nobody ever hit three home runs in a game to get to exactly 500. I'm confident of that. You well, can Google it, but I'm confident of that. Well, yeah, sounds that, like them. There's no way that has happened. Wade Boggs was the only, was the first guy ever to hit a home run to get his 3,000th hit. I do remember that. I thought Jeter had some shit too. Wade Boggs was before that. Oh, Wade. True or false? Oh, for sure, before, but yeah. You said he's the only guy that hit a home run. He was for the first 3, guy to hit, oh, okay. to hit a home run as his 3,000th hit. Gotcha. I know Wade Boggs was more of a real man. That's all I remember. Wade, well, he yeah. did it with the Devil Rays. It was like their first year, too. So it was really weird to see <laughs> Wade Boggs with the Devil Rays hit his 3,000th hit. But that's, that's how it goes. Dude, he's still sad. alive? Of course he he's still alive. alive. He's only like 57, 60, this guy maybe. Is, this guy is un. 
destroyable. He's amazing. Yeah, he's drinking seven hundred cases of beer a day. So I'm saying he's got three thousand, three thousand hits. How and many reason beers? will prevail? Reason How many will beers prevail. in that time? It's three thousand hits, uh, forty thousand beers. Go Tigers! <laughs> well, I don't know. He's got to be. He set a record there too, but it's not official. That's unfortunate. That one is long gone. Yeah, you know that. Miguel Cabrera audio from apparently five minutes ago. It's I didn't know what it was when you started playing. It sounded like a goddamn bottom of the third in a playoff game like eight years ago, for fuck's sake. You know, yeah, I mean, the, there's a lot of people in the video, too. That I haven't I haven't seen any real video of Comerica lately, and there's a lot of people there now. So it's very strange because it's been so long. Mm-hmm. You know, we were off last week. We didn't do a show. Uh, I went to Georgia. That was fun. It was a good what? time hanging out with my yeah. brother and sister-in-law and my nephews, two nephews. Uh, Just down there stopping the steel, doing the good work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, something like that. I mean, just me. There was There was a lot of dicks there, it's true. I mean, two nephews, apparently my youngest nephew, he doesn't like women. He's like 18 months old. He only likes dudes. So I showed up there and I was like a big hit with him, which was, and he doesn't, he's never seen people. Think about it. 18 months. He's basically lived a pandemic so far. That's pretty much it. Pandemic baby. Yeah. That's all he That's is. A thing. All, mostly for the most part, it's all he's ever known. So people are foreign to him and women in particular are very foreign. So he has a dong. He looks down, he sees he has a dong. <laughs> I don't know if a baby... <laughs> We're in trouble right here. I, I think fact, he puts I a, that. We're in I'm not sure. Yeah, I am not sure the uh, yeah the, the self awareness is there yet. Can you say? Can you say? Well, I don't know. Yeah, ba- you, you say, say baby dong. You can say dong. Yeah. Well, I mean, what what else are you going to describe it? Is you call it a penis? That's worse. <laughs> is it? Baby baby dong. Is, I don't know if you're talking totally about a baby. You know. Yeah. Dong is fine. Whatever, motherfucker. <laughs> Dong is fine. Moving on. Remember, remember, Big Dick Baby. <laughs> oh yeah, there was a website, John, for a while that uh, Corey, you know, you know Corey now. Our friend Corey like paid money for it to be up all year long, and it was a picture that a friend of ours drew. It was a true. He's an artist. He's like a real artist, and he drew a Big Dick Baby. And Corey put it on a website with the machine gun sound permanently on, like a, like, a, like a shitty digital sound from like one of those fake machine guns. So it was really weird, but it happened for like two years. Oh shit! I need to. Yeah, he, I would paid, love to he paid the web. He paid the web surfing cost. Yeah, keep it I think live. It was just to have big dong baby up there. I think the the website was called it was called bigdigbaby.com. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Something like that. So was the baby's so the baby's dick was kind of like at calf level. Oh like, yeah, yeah. It was like a yeah. It was it like enveloped the thing. It basically was almost like a cocoon for it. Like imagine a baby in a womb, but it's a dick. I wanted to look this up, but I, I'm definitely not typing that in. I just did. <sighs> This yeah. site can't be reached. Big Dick Baby does not exist. <laughs> Big Dick Baby does not exist. Oh, I just typed I it think. in, so there it is. There you go, government. On uh, the record. <laughs> yeah, bad news. Oh, boy. Probably. 
I've typed it in before, but I'm a good person. I've never done anything like that, so I think I can get away with it. So, it's I don't okay. think what I'm does, a bad guy. What's going to happen to you with big... I mean... You know what? I have an idea. Jerk off party? No. Let's do this. No. I like where this is going. Okay. Put it away. Uh, You're allowed. Wait a minute. Where is, where is that from? The <laughs> jerk off party? Where's that from? Oh, yeah. That, uh, I'll try one more time. See if you can get this. You know what? I have an idea. Jerk off party? No. Let's do this. No. I like where this is going. Okay. Put it away. Is that, that's, is that from the league? That's right. Very good, Luke. Well done. Very, very Damn. good. Impressed. That's Nick Kroll and Jason Manzukas, two very funny dudes. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. But I that's did rewatch. Jason, Jason Manzukas, that's it. I did re Yeah, he's the best part about that show. He plays Rafa, oh, the psycho. Fucking maniac. He plays the same character in most things, uh, but I still find it hilarious. Yeah, it's like his bit is just always funny, so who cares Like what the character's he called or... He looks insane, so all he has to do is just play into that a little bit. Yeah, that's true. No Jerk off it. party. Okay. I finally, I finally finished. Um, I think you should leave. All, all the episodes of that have been complete. That shit, oh man. It's it's just it's hilarious. It's truly when that hits the certain scenes that hit. It's it's absurdism. Gold, gold standard of absurdity. Oh right, I watched the first episode. It was, it's, yeah, it's the Detroiters it's guy, Tim Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Some of it's yeah, some of it's, it's stupid. Funny. Some of it's whatever, but some of it's hilarious. Mike's been trying to make me watch the Detroiters, which I will soon. I'm sure that I'll appreciate all the Detroit, you know, references and and kitsch. Yeah, I finally started. I'm on season two now, and uh, yeah, it's. It's funny too, though at times it is. It's, I think Sam Richardson's really funny. He's hilarious, man. Yeah, he is. He's, he's really good. He's in. He's in the Tomorrow War. Have you guys seen this fucking? This Fuck film? it! I'll never Holy it. shit! Sounds like an abortion. It's, yeah, yeah, in the future. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's Chris Pratt trying to be like a badass, all souped up. Fuck him and fuck that his religious bullshit too. So. God, yeah, I mean, it's 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 part of this like wide spate of films that seem to be, you know, they they can't be political because first of all, they they probably have no idea how to be political. So uh, all the issues they deal with are like these kind of just major culture issues, and uh, in particular, it's like it's all about climate change. So basically, a group of kids comes back from the future. They're people that haven't been born yet. And yeah. they demand that they demand that the adults who are sitting on ass here in present day, uh, present day America or whatever, uh, go to war and fight for them. And, you know, they just kind of accept it and just like go into war. I guess they don't really have a choice because, you know, I'm sure they just I don't know, get eradicated if they uh, <laughs> if they uh, if they don't uh, sign up or enlist. But. You know, I was well, I was like five minutes in. I looked at Chris and I go, "This is just some big thing about climate change. Like, this is not gonna work. <laughs> this this isn't gonna communicate to anybody on any side of the aisle uh, things they don't already fucking feel about it." 
Well, speaking of climate change and conservation... What are you doing, Rafi? Oh, God, since I left you guys, I was tracking the bear most of the night. Didn't get him. But I did find a big, fresh pile of shit that I thought I'd second harvest because it was full of Hershey Kisses. Spoiler alert, they weren't Hershey Kisses. It was just more shit. I ate it all anyway, got sick to my tummy, puked, pooped, jerked off, and now I'm here with you bros. <laughs> what have you guys been up to? <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> so funny. What are you? What are you up to? <laughs> That's Ravi. Oh God, yeah. look at uh, Chris Pratt. Do you see Chris Pratt's abs? I mean, yeah, he's a he's a. What's guy up with I just know this guy as the first baseman in Moneyball. That's like, I feel like it's the first time I really because he does a bunch of superhero bullshit, right? I do I not remember him from that at all. That's right, because you don't watch Marvel movies. Good for you, buddy. I know literally Chris Pratt. I'm like, I know the name. That's his whole I... second life. He's obviously Parks and Rex. Right. That's where he made his name there. Yeah, okay. Well, I didn't watch that either. So he's just first, he's yeah. first baseman on the athletics for me. That's right. He plays uh, real-life Scott Hedeberg. Yeah, he hits that really dramatic home run to extend the winning streak to 20. Yeah. He used to be a guy who could... Row, but he becomes a first baseman because he can't use his elbow anymore. He's had a major elbow issue, which Scott Hederberg really had. So yeah, that was Chris Pratt's like introduction for me as well, basically. That's ten years ago. Oh, okay. So. He's supposed to be Scott Hederberg. That's who he is, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Huh? By the way, guys, I want to mention this as a I just found this out, so I gotta tell somebody. The guy who plays the dude in the naked gun who says, Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. I found him on Twitter and he responded. And he's willing to do a Zoom interview with me. So I'm so excited that I'm going to, that guy, the guy from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. Uh, the, the guy from uh, League of Their Own. You're going to lose. Wait, hold on. What's his name? Uh, Francis. His name is Francis in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Is it not? Yeah, that's, I believe that's correct. That sounds correct. Yeah. But he just messaged me. He said, uh, would you consider recording a Zoom interview? At your convenience, we could talk about the Naked Gun and a League of Their Own. Like we got to talk Pee Wee's Big Adventure too. So hopefully he'll do that. But yeah, Mark Holton is his name. Mark Holton, there he is. Jesus, look at him. He looks way different on Twitter. I will tell you that. I'm assuming. I don't know if I'm getting uh, punked or uh, catfished here, but it says the real Mark Holton, and he has responded very kindly. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. I don't think this. I don't think this is a catfish situation. So this, this feels, he only has like fourteen followers, too. dude. He has fourteen <laughs> followers on Twitter. So. No, that doesn't work. No, fourteen. Hey, no, no, right. no offense. No offense to him. This does seem correct. Fourteen followers seems very like what? Come no, on. that's not, this guy. That's not right. Fourteen isn't right, dude. Is that what it says? What is? <laughs> what do you got? No, I'm just saying, like this dude. Has to have more than fourteen followers. Have you looked at his picture? In. That's that's what that's yeah. what else he's in. He's in Teen Wolf. He's on the Beavers. Yes. Yeah. He's a, he's a Forgot about that. He's an icon, man. Dude, he's a fucking icon. Gacy. Is he the guy? In, yeah. Is he Gacy? Oh yeah. He was perfect for the Gacy like miniseries on TV, or like the, oh my the, god. The, yeah, he looks. He was chubby and Gacy. He was a Gacy lookalike. No offense, Mark Holton, if you're hearing this. Uh, what are you guys going to talk about? Gacy? Right. We're going to ask him intimately about the Gacy details. So how much did you get into the Gacy character? Did you really try to kill somebody? Or? What, you need to do, what you need to do is go really, really, really hard on just like 
like one episode of TV that he was in and talk about nothing else. <laughs> he was the governor's aide in Sledgehammer in 1988. <laughs> just just be the biggest Sledgehammer fan of all time. Just be like, no, listen, don't let him get off that topic. Just keep talk, bringing it back to, yeah. to Sledgehammer. <laughs> talk to me about filming for Little Giants. Oh, shit. He was a Little Giants? How? Where? Who? Oh, he must have been right. one of the the townspeople. Yeah, he probably was one of the parents of the kids. That's what it was. The Probably the fat kid, too, because he was typecast. Uh, Dude, you know. his, his character's name in The Naked Gun is literally Spectator. And then hey, it says, in yeah. quotes, it's, hey, it's Enri- Enrico Palazzo. Yeah, that's... And I mean, that's his, ca- his that character's man. name. That's crazy. It, they do that for all these characters. Look at all the cast list. All the people who have one line, that's what they're called. Oh, my <laughs> so God. Dumb. His name... Oh, my God. His name in Teen Wolf is Chubby. Oh, <laughs> God damn, man. Typecasting was rough back then. By the way, uh, I mean, gotta... you know, you can be a fat guy. They just wouldn't just call you fat. You know, they wouldn't just call you. Basically, chubby. they would. Hey, OK, whatever. Yeah, they would. Uh, Danny responded real quick with an email. He said uh, bartending was how he met Scott. We wanted to get that on the record, which Scott told us. He says his origin story is boring, man. So he's not going to tell us that. And he'll be spending Shit. very little time on the east side. He appreciates the offer. He says, maybe next visit. So he's not going to yeah. be able to hang out with us. I saw Danny. Yeah. All Danny, good. what's up? Happy birthday, Danny. He was Happy wearing birthday, that, buddy. He was wearing those neon adjustable, like, bracelets. Remember those shits from the 90s? Like, they were neon and they were adjustable. And he had them, like, as anklets and shit. He was, like, living in 94 at his birthday party. It was great. He had the fu- you know, Danny rocks the um, the sweatband, like the headband, and uh, he's a, he's a really he's just a unique individual. Big ups for Danny, wearing ankle bracelets, bro. <laughs> When's the last time you did that shit? Oh, uh, boy, some I... people some people are just naturals, man. Like, there's you he's know, a fucking natural. When I say the word. <laughs> When I use the word hipster as a pejorative, it's never for somebody that's that's just totally natural at it. Some people just, you know, wake up in the morning, put on a put on a pair of overalls in 2008, and uh, nobody questions it. They look fine. I love everything's natural. Overalls on a woman was a sexy look for me back in the day. I was totally down to that. Definitely, I was into. uh, Oh man, you hear the popping, or is it me? Yeah, John's got issues. I don't know what it is. I do. I don't know if it's a connection issue or what. Yeah, it's a popping or like a a bogus. Yeah. I heard it a little bit. Nope. Yeah, no. It's been a long time since I rock yep, and It's roll. like crackling, nonstop crackling. Oh. Oh, no. Son of a fucking bitch. Hold Uh-oh. on. <laughs> you know, Danny uses his internal microphone and gets amazing results. But I still love you, Scott. Yeah, we, oh, wait, we, had a, yeah. we had a great jam session today. It was a lot of fun. Uh, hey, that's fantastic. It, it was tired. fun. I'm like tired from it. I feel like I'm exhausted right now. It's kind of weird. How's this? How's this sound? How's this coming through? How's that? How's this? How's this? How's that? Slightly, still slightly there. Why don't you uh, leave and come back real quick? Just try that real quick. Fuck. Why don't you? Why I don't, know, why I don't know. you guys leave? All right, I will. Right. I mean, am I popping? Nope. Poppers! <laughs> Why don't you leave? Poppers! 
always reminds me of my dad's friend that called and was like, hey, how's it? How is it like being back at home, living with your parents? And I was like, oh, man, you know, having these roommates, I'm just thinking about, you know, how good it's going to be when I get a chance to move out. He goes, well, why don't you ask them to move out? I always thought Hmm. that was funny. It was a good it was a good dad joke from when I was like 18. Uh, <laughs> classic. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with the quality dad joke. I, uh, mm-hmm. I yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. No, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that at all. So, but yeah, it's fun to play music again. It's really exciting. Feels good. Sure. I bet. Yeah. Got a nice setup here and we all get along very well. It's a nice threesome. I've never been in a three piece. Three piece is cool. It's a, uh, it's more challenging. Everything's on each person to make sure they contribute properly. You can't really hide. Hmm. Oh, it's, that's uh, unfortunate for John Scott. Oh, hey, John. Been a long time, been a long time, been a long, lonely, 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 lonely time. Sounds good. All right. I, th- I didn't hear any popping. I thought I heard one maybe, but I didn't. I had In to the really very struggle. beginning. In the very yeah, beginning. In the very beginning, yeah. But I had to struggle to get it. Very beginning. I think One you're okay, tiny. dude. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it strange how you can leave and everything's normal again? Wow. I just blew <laughs> yeah. in the I put the cartridge out, blew in it, and then put the cartridge back in and mm-hmm. now it works. What are you doing, Rafi? Oh God, since I left you guys, I was tracking the bear most of the night. Didn't get him. But I did find a big fresh pile of shit that I thought I'd second harvest because it was full of Hershey kisses. Spoiler alert, they weren't Hershey kisses. It was just more shit. I ate it all anyway, got sick to my tummy, puked, pooped, jerked off, and now I'm here with you bros. What have you guys been up to? Hey. That's what John did. How's it going? I about that, yeah. In the last 60 seconds, I did everything. Population. You need to diversify those drops. Okay, so Luke, I know you, you're so excited. I did it. I did it last night. Yes. I watched the hunt. Watch like the hunt. Wait, well, today's Tuesday, right? Uh, Sunday night. I, yes. I promised Sunday night I did it. So, yes, I did good, it. Good man. Well, genius, when you told me. Genius, you, genius. I literally sat down to write, to write, you know, it, like an intro, an essay, a couple of paragraphs or something for, you know, in preparation for this episode. And you, you texted, yeah, John and I talked about it yesterday. We weren't that pumped. And so I was like, all right, well, fuck it. So I didn't write anything. Fuck you guys. Yeah. yeah. I just I thought, thought it was, was like, I thought it was, I'm not going to spend my time. I'm not going to spend my time, uh, you know, pouring my heart out into uh, into a review your of fucking a, heart a opinion a movie. starts to like petrify into a fact when X number of people believe it. This is true. Isn't that the Mandela effect? <laughs> so I watched the hunt Sunday night. I told Luke I would, and I tried to keep my Thank word you. on that. And I, I did it. I watched the whole thing. And thanks to Eric Allen, by the way. Thank you, Eric. Um, oh, thank you, Eric. And I talked about it with Eric on Monday on the phone. I'm like, have you seen the hunt? And he's like, because I watched it on your thingy. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I, he thought it was something different than... It wasn't very memorable to him. He remembered it being pretty bland. Mm-hmm. I, I know. I think I am confident why you find it fascinating, and I can appreciate that. But I, as a film overall, I get kind of like, eh. It kind of by the end, I'm just like, who gives a fuck? You know, the final like 
showdown that happens. I'm just like, who cares? Kill each other and move on. But uh, yeah, I loved the ending because our our baby Betty Gilpin goes through the whole oh yeah film as you know she's the protagonist basically from square one, and you know that she is the only character. You know that you don't know everything about her. And I appreciate yeah. that. And so you fixate on her and she's hot and she's just trying to like do the fucking thing and survive. The resolve was, was great. Like, I think this movie, it, I found it cathartic. I found it, um, you know, like I told you, Luke, it's on the nose, but it's like, I don't know that I don't know that that really like matters. I think this film could be a template for other movies like it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so what is the thing that uh, anybody has to do? What is it you're saying? <laughs> I was saying that that's not me. That's a drop. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's we should never drop. drop. Let's ever drops talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh my god, that is so messed up. <laughs> so what I just happened. I did no. like ah, there it is. Hello, Josh. I did like the beginning. How they Here. just? I mean, we're spoiling this movie, by the way. So if you've never seen the hunt, you should probably not listen anymore. I'll say that for the record. Yeah, we're gonna blow. Yeah, these gonna be yeah. some. These are gonna be some fairly clumsy spoilers. <laughs> we're just gonna. Day, yeah, we're My just gonna. A yeah, we're gonna stomp. We're gonna stomp around this movie and just half the characters die in the first five minutes. We're probably ruining it for uh, people who like it. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be dumb, and that's fine. Uh, you know. Uh, Forgive me if I drop this quote. I'm <laughs> stop doing it. <laughs> it dropped in perfectly for some reason. Maybe <laughs> uh... <laughs> sometimes I wish I had the. I wish I had the board. Oh yeah, I know. I think about that if, a lot. If we like... all had, if we all had, the oh, board, it'd just oh be a battle, God. a battle of the boards. No... Yeah, there would be no. There'd be nothing. Uh, nothing to talk about. Nope. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I, I did like how the beginning, it did like a, I don't know, it did like a hyper Game of Thrones thing, right? It was like, oh, nope, you're dead. You're dead. Boom. They're they, That girl, the blonde girl in the beginning, I like knew her. I'm like, I know that blonde girl. She's going to be like the main part of the story, isn't she? Nope. Head blown off. And then the next guy, he's very handsome. Oh, Emma and he's Roberts. Like, oh, that was yeah. Emma Roberts. Holy shit. Okay, well done. That's Julia's, so, Julia's what? Br brother's son? Julia's... Right, Eric Roberts' daughter. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Eric Roberts' daughter. Wow. This guy knows a lot about the Roberts family. And then uh, the handsome, like, country-looking dude. I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be the lead now. He was going to save the life. When he tries to save the life of that dipshit stuck with a spike in her stomach, I'm yeah, like, oh, the dude okay. from this, this Is Us. Fucking hot, hey, Wow, you know a lot more about pop culture us. than I do. I'm impressed. Or uh, you're watching shit that I'm not watching. Anyways... So then that guy dies, and then it just keeps rotating, and I really dug that. I was like, okay, I'm digging this. Everyone's dying, and then fucking Amy Met. What's her name? I haven't seen her in fucking forever. Amy Madigan, is that her name? God, I haven't seen. You know, feel the there. dreams. Uncle Buck, you know, she's in the party store. She's the wife of the couple there. She's old as fuck now. Oh, the you know woman. Oh, Ma? oh, yeah. Does yeah. She, she plays, plays, she plays Ma. In, the, in the mom pop store. 
She plays yeah. mom in the mom pop store. Yeah, she's. Oh, the, that's uh, right. That's right. Uncle Buck. Buck uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she's Uncle always Buck, angry uh, at Buck. This. What did, you, what did you have? A few drinks this morning? Huh? <laughs> I, I think you did, didn't you? Yeah. So. Yeah, and Ike Barinholtz. You think Ike Barinholtz is like the biggest one of the biggest? I thought names for I sure saw. he was gonna be last man standing. Last man standing. I, I know. I, I didn't think he would survive the whole thing. I just did not think he was gonna get waxed in the first ten minutes of the movie, <laughs> which is great. Way, yeah. That shit's awesome. I I really I like that he was down with that. He was. Minutes. He probably loved that. He was probably like, "This is sweet. I'm gonna go." He work showed up for one, one fucking day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's known as his character's name is Staten Island. <laughs> That's right. And they're then, all named. They're all named by their like uh, their their location or their like Twitter handle. Ethan Supley's character is known as "Shut the fuck up, Gary." That's his name on the IMDb page. Ah. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Gary. shout out to Ethan. You know, Seems shut like, the fuck up, Gary. Shut, he did a great job in that too. Accent. Yeah. Oh, he was awesome. And obviously, <laughs> that, oh, Amy Madigan was the name. I got that right, by the way. So yeah, she's Ma and Reed Bernie's Pa and Glenn Howerton is Richard. And so on and so forth. So there's a lot of people that you would know in this film. And the way it starts and the way it goes for a while, I'm intrigued. But it just goes sideways after they, for me, for me, the, the army and the train shit. And I mean, Scott talked, we talked about this. Like, hey, how much can you really rein in this city and this army in a different country? Like, you control all this shit? Come on. Well, that's, that's, that's kind of the point, though. I mean, that, that is where it's, Part of it, that's where it becomes, you know, like high concept and it's meta Hollywood shit is that it's also that is the paranoia. The paranoia is the fact that like literally everything is controlled by a higher power. Now, the funny thing about the movie is that that's actually true. And that's basically how this movie tries to resolve itself is that, you know, the, the paranoia creates the truth itself. However... Uh, the paranoia is not the beginning of that truth and that reality. That reality precedes the paranoia, which is actually fairly legitimate in most. What are you laughing about? Comforting. We all we're all gonna we're all gonna die. <laughs> That's Matt's review of the hunt as he's at the tiger camp. Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, let's get Matt in here. <laughs> Matt, what did you think about the hunt? Let Matt, us people are proud about being from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, Croatia or uh, Alabama or otherwise. Like, don't do things that you're criticizing other people for doing. I think this is a good, I think that's a very good point. I think yeah. Matt is right on. He is. And kinda that's nailed, the point of the story. Kind of nailed it. Yeah. He did. Nail fucking it. nailing it while he's not even here. Good for the him. thing is, though, is it becomes like a meta thing on top of itself, which that's where that's where it lost me a bit. Yes, they you got these two worlds colliding. Nobody's right, but everybody thinks they're right. They're both doing fucked up shit. Though the these people, the liberal, uh, it, it's so funny how they detailed the the vocab and the dialogue in this movie. When even the ma and pa, they're like, that's oh, right. don't 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 appropriate. Or what does she he she calls him out for oh something? Uh, oh, and he goes, "Oh, we're the fucking worst." Or them <laughs> people, those people. He was he was yeah. referring to the dead people. That's what he yeah. meant, the dead people. Yeah. But he said he goes, those, those people. people. She goes, those people. Come on. Oh, that reminds me <laughs> when he grabs the soda and drinks it. She's like, "That's poison." <laughs> and he spits it out. He's like, "God, you fucking rigged the 
pop bottles? And she was like, no, it's got 32 grams of sugar in one serving. Yeah, that's good. That's funny. That's I fucking like that. great. I love so that. I, I loved it for so many of those. So many of those, like, really, those are that's a phenomenal detail. That's a phenomenal detail. They poisoned the entire store. He grabs a bottle of, of soda out of the out of the, the, <laughs> the cooler, and she calls it play. That's perfect. That was a perfect joke. Yep. And Not, yeah. a lot of people are actually dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, here's a, here's one reason I I I liked it a lot because you know there's there's a, a string of movies like this. Uh, going back to you know, dangerous game, most dangerous game. These are movies that are usually uh, what oh, I love about tea? them. No, mm, I'm going to get to that one. That's surviving the game. Ah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but dangerous game or most dangerous game, you know, comes out of it. it comes out of like the 30s. So you know, you've got the the financial collapse. You got the financial collapse, you know, the depression and, you know, the the inherent mistrust and the, the anger against the power elite. And it's kind of one of the first times people actually had a real lens, you know, literally through the, the camera uh, to actually, like, look at these people. And I forget the character's name, Karlov or Kartov or something in uh, Most Dangerous Game. But, you know, he's a, he's a wealthy aristocrat that basically just hunts people who are shipwrecked on a small island. And that's how he gets his thrills. Uh, he's a big, big game hunter. Are you talking about the Quibi uh, one with Christoph Waltz? No. Talking about the one from the 30s. <laughs> I know. It's just funny to think of that. Quibi, Christoph Waltz, Chris Hemsworth, or Liam Hemsworth, sorry. That's the most dangerous game, the latest one. I oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know that existed. Anyhow, yeah, I know. I'm yeah, sure there's, there's apparently one season of this shit. I'm sure there's a bunch in between. I'm sure there's a bunch in between, but just you know, Maybe. to try to wrap up this point quickly. I mean, you know, you have uh, surviving the game in 1994, and then you have Hard Target, and I think 96 or 97, and bo- both of those, you know, they they come out so close together. Uh, and I was shocked to find out that surviving the game. Listen to this fucking cast. I remembered two of the. I remembered Ice T, Rucker Hauer. And Gary yep. Busey were in this. Also, Charles S. Dutton, F. Murray Abraham, Whoa. and John John C. McGinley, all in this movie called Surviving the Game. And it is directed by uh, a dude who was Spike Lee's cinematographer for like seven straight movies. So it is a great... It's a great fucking movie. I always loved it. I have not seen it in probably 20 years, but I must have seen it 50 times in a short, a very short time frame. The early and 30s were a great time for a film, by the way. It really was. Like, most it, dangerous it, game, uh, Scarface, like some uh, hardcore movies were made. Um, the one before that, the Hell's Angels, too. That was good stuff. It was like, like, it was like to me, yeah. I'll go back and watch that and be like, wow, this is actually not bad. Yeah, you got uh, Murnau, Eisenstein, um, fucking uh, Dreyer. There's a whole bunch of like good filmmakers from that. Most dangerous game gets a seven point one on IMDb. Just uh, oh, well, you know, it's it's your obligation for anything that's classic that you don't understand. Just give it a ten. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's rated PG thirteen according to this, by the way. But in addition, in addition to, I don't care about the ratings. In addition, I just think it's to, funny. There's a PG thirteen rating in 1932. That's why. That's weird. So you got no that that rating would have been applied much much later. Yeah, yeah. It didn't when the, exist when the, the rating it's system was invented, yeah. Right. 
But the fact that it existed, not to me, everything is banal and lame and tame as fuck back then. That's why. That's all. Go ahead. Sorry. It kind of is, but it definitely is. Well, then you got then then you have hard target. So surviving the game is about a, a bunch of uh, it's it's not a bunch of millionaires necessarily. It's basically thrill killers. You know, they're big game hunters, and you know the, these movies have a way of putting like two sides of a cultural issue like kind of right against each other. And I think that is an interesting uh, concept for this is a classic kind of subgenre type of film that, that just it simplifies things, uh, you know, whether it's using straw dogs or not, or straw men, however you want to say it. It's, it's interesting to me. And I think you, you can extract a lot out of that relationship between those two dynamics and, or the dynamic between those two, like different, you know, the ends of the, ends of the pole and you know so in surviving the game you've got they're basically they they pick up a homeless guy to be a scout they tell him he's going to be a scout for their hunting trip and so he goes along they give him a big wad of cash and he's got nothing so of course he goes uh the you know the anxieties you know the kind of middle class anxieties about the homeless uh in the 80s and as we're talking post reagan you know early post reagan era you know bush and and we got Clinton coming into office. I mean, th- these these people just want to end homelessness, and this is how they're doing it. They're essentially <laughs> picking people off the street and hunting them in the fucking woods. That's how, that's their plan to end homelessness because they've got no other fucking ideas. They're just thrill killers. And Hard Target is is very similar, but Hard Target is based on Hard Target is taking veterans, specifically a veteran, off the street. And I can't remember if Ice T's character and surviving the game as an actual veteran. I just know that he was a homeless guy. Uh, but uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme plays a guy named Chance. Uh, he's from Louisiana. It's the only time you could cast Jean-Claude Van Damme in an American movie and have the accent be totally believable. Because Chance he's French. Boudreaux. Yeah, Chance Boudreaux. <laughs> exactly. Hard Target came out the year before, by the way. Just for- Oh, it's one year before. Okay, so And they're both way. rated 6.2 on IMDb, both of them. Oh, they're very similar movies. Also, I love both of them. Hard Target's fucking great. It's a John it's Woo a, movie. It's a John Woo movie. It was John Woo's first American movie, I think. First movie on American soil, I believe. Uh, and it does feature it does feature a scene of stupid uh, new eyes. I uh, can't recognize eras or decades anymore by looking at film stock. <laughs> yeah no it does and it does feature a, a very uh, gr- graceful and beautiful scene of doves being released uh of behind course, of course behind chances he is i think running through like a factory what can you recognize about van damme's hair looking like ramen <laughs> noodles oh, <laughs> just just ramen hanging off he's got back. a He's got a soul glow <laughs> mullet. Uh, hard, before Hard Target, he did Hard Boiled <laughs> the year before. And that this was, also but that started, was in China, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the but this Hard Target, you're right, Luke. It started this trend of John Woo American movies because it went Hard Target, Broken Arrow, Face Off, Mission oh, yeah. Impossible 2, so on and so forth. And Paycheck. paycheck. Don't forget Paycheck. Paycheck is great. Damn, I haven't seen that shit. I love Paycheck. Paycheck is so fun. I I don't know about. It. I haven't thought about its themes. Just a it's a fun fun little <laughs> it's ride. A Philip, uh, it's 
Philip K. Dick short story, too. I didn't know that. What oh, seemed it. like a breezy idea for an engineer to net him millions of dollars leaves him on the run for his life and piecing together why he's being chased. No other than Ben Affleck. So let's get back to the hunt real quick. Because, uh, okay. Okay, so everybody, I mean, we've seen it, so we're all familiar with the premise. Uh, for anybody for anybody listening, you know, the uh, premise is, is this. A uh, bunch of people land, uh, they wake up in the middle of nowhere with uh, like ball gags in their mouth. I don't know what you call those things. They're like barbells. It's a um, gag. Yeah, it's a gag. It's a, it's a mouth An gag. Awful, painful sort. gag. So they're being gagged, uh, which, again, you know, part of the paranoia because all these people on Twitter are terrified of being, you know, censored and, and shut up. So these these people all all wake up in the middle of nowhere. They've all been kidnapped from various places in the in the country or the world, um, but they're all put in one spot and they are basically being hunted by uh, rich neoliberals. And it is it is so fucking spot on with that particular angle of the argument that I loved it for that reason. I think if you look for more meaning in this movie, you might be disappointed, but I think as oh, a, yeah. as a kind of like, you know, just action movie, uh, subgenre action movie, it's super effective. And, you know, ultimately Betty Gilpin, uh, our girl, she fucking <laughs> rules. She fucking rules. Um, she's quiet. She keeps her fucking mouth shut because this wasn't really, she wasn't intended to be kidnapped to begin with. She, they had kidnapped the wrong person of the same name. Um, the whole point is these people have such delicate egos <laughs> that they, they kidnap the people that insulted them, uh, online via Twitter and they're so grievously offended that they hunt them down for sport. Uh, and it's it's brutal, but it's only super gory for like the first 15 minutes. I think the rest of it is actually pretty cool, like watching her kind of figure out what the fucking game is and watching her figure out how, you know, you know, how to how to end the game, I guess, in a way. Um, but, you know, the ultimate spoiler, like as as the, it all un unravels, you know, she hunts down the main sinister, you know, uh, kind of liberal uh, uh, billionaire psychopath. And they have this they have this huge fight. They fight it out, um, whatever. Like Mike said, it's not it's actually very it's actually very like fun and entertaining. But that's not really the point. Uh, point is, in the end, she basically like just uh, assumes the role and, you know, essentially dresses up in her clothes, gets on her private jet after she kills her. And, and then now she is basically part of the, the power elite. So she gets subsumed into the, the power elite and absorbed into uh, into that part of the class infrastructure or that class in the hair, man. I don't think she's so. she's a very interesting protagonist. The one twist that I would put in there is that so Hillary Swank's character which is like you know the head neoliberal motherfucker that you're talking about she how does it play out like they say something like we should hunt and kill these fucks and then yeah, someone, someone 
Yeah, there's a text thread. Apparently, Andrew, it starts. That, as a, apparently, it starts, starts as a joke. Apparently, it starts, it starts as a joke, and then like, the text thread gets leaked. People. Text thread gets leaked, and because Hillary Swank is in some position of power, where you know, again, this is another thing. Like, we don't, we don't understand this shit. Like, if we were public figures, half the shit I say would probably, I'd probably lose my job for it. So Hillary Swank says some shit. People are outraged. And then she's like, well, fuck this. If everyone believes that this is true, that we're actually going to hunt people and kill them, why don't we actually just uh, make it a reality? Yeah, but I that's found the, thing, that, the first scene on the airplane. That's where they like, break the seal. That's the first person they actually kill. They'd never killed right. anyone. Yeah, but that's it makes it seem like I, they're professionals. In, it makes it seem like yet. they've been doing this for years and years and yes. years. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they've been dying to do it for years and years and years. And the anti-Trump hysteria was so intense that they actually just smoothly went through that moment and didn't even didn't bat a fucking eyelash because they hate they hate fucking Trump so much and they hate Republicans and they hate uh, whatever whatever the fuck you know rednecks or whoever they hate him so much that they could just murder somebody in cold blood and uh, never having murdered somebody in their entire lives because it, this movie goes through painstaking, uh, painstaking uh, uh, detail, you know, how these people have never done any type of hard work in their lives. <laughs> so yeah. the fact that they could just like slaughter somebody in cold blood like that in close quarters too, uh, with, with very, uh, you know, I don't know, rudimentary implements, I think she fucking murders him with a high heel at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. a pen and it's, a It's a little. It is. It is crazy. It does. It does help to kind of, uh, you know, cloak the overall the overall story. It, it and it does help to raise the stakes right off the bat. You know, you kind of know what you're dealing with. But that central conceit that it was a lie is is interesting because what are they actually talking about? They are literally uh, joking about murdering poor people in a text thread. That's that's their idea of a joke. And there's so all because of just uh, this is all because of capitalism. This it that is literally it. Well, they (laughs) they are so (laughs) that text thread leaks out to the public and they are so burned by that. And I think it's a they're burned by the fact that their true feelings are being revealed. And so just like somebody with like obstinate defiance disorder or whatever you call it, you know, you tell them like they're worthless. So they're like, fine, I'll act worthless. You tell them you're an asshole. Fine. I'll act like an asshole. That is absolutely the pettiest, uh, you know, fucking neurosis there is. And I thought that was pretty fucking spot on. I thought it was, uh, it was a, it was a tricky balance, you know, to kind of pull that off and without making this just a, a lib, you know, uh, liberal, like a right left thing, uh, in the, in the middle was, was great. was really good. And they, they've, they've found a way to make it. They, they found a way to really let the story breathe. They stretched it out quite a bit and her, her action sequences are fantastic. When she fucking, <laughs> when she, <laughs> when she, what's the, what's the lady's name from uncle buck? Amy Madigan. Well, when she fucking just 
pounds her head off that fucking counter. That was incredible. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. She's like, you fucked up, bitch. <laughs> She's like, cigarettes are only $6 in Kansas. Arkansas. Oh. Arkansas. Uh, Missouri. Oh, Arkansas. Yeah, there you go. They say they're in Arkansas. Oh, they shit. say they're in Arkansas. Well, then they say they're Anyhow. in. And then you're like, shit, are they actually filming in Croatia? Which they obviously aren't. It was The film was, uh, they filmed it in New Orleans, apparently. Oh, huh. just, like, just like Hard Target. Yeah. Just like the oh, movie. Yeah. I, I, have, I have no idea if that was shot there. Uh, or just like, uh, just like this movie. This guy wants to tell me we're living in a community. Don't make me laugh. I'm living in America, and in America, you're on your own. America's not a country. It's just a business. Now fucking pay me. <laughs> it's supposed to be based in Boston. But I don't, I, it was really confusing when we did that. On the Cinema 9, like a month ago, I'm like, wait, why? It's filmed in Louisiana. It's a Boston crime story. What the fuck is going on here? So Very confusing. Uh, that's killing them, that killing them softly? Killing oh, them softly. yeah. And I didn't know how much it was shit on, too, by the way. <laughs> it was one only 21 movies ever to have an F cinema score. So. What? Killing them softly? Yeah. Oh, the movie sucked. I didn't think it was that bad, like F. Oh, was it a pit? Oh, yeah. It's not, I was just, it's not an F, but... Yeah, no, it's a, it's a C-. minus. That's what I, right. I said. It didn't hold up. I thought it was... I, I remember seeing in the theater being really excited about it, and I was like, uh, what is this? This sucks, So. But, Speaking of seeing shit in the theater, see pig. I don't know. I don't. I don't subscribe to this whole Nick Cage worship. I think Nick oh, Cage actually God, fuck that. Isn't, Sick of it. isn't that fucking? I don't think Nick Cage is that great of an actor. I don't. It's become trendy. It. It's out of control, dude. It's. I don't oh, like pig. Anything. Pig is good. Pig is the best Nick Cage film I've seen. In a yeah, while. we've seen the pillowcase. Yes, you, Travis, all these people. Nick Cage. Okay. Is God. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So we need Luke to talk about. Have you you've seen it, Luke? You've seen Pig? Uh, I've not seen Pig yet. Is you said it's in the theaters only? I think it's uh, fuck. I don't know. I oh, thought so it was only streaming in and in theaters. Or if you're yeah. stealing, it doesn't matter. So yeah, you know. <laughs> does, uh, does Eric have this? I'm sorry. Does uh, does our our friend on the outside? Does he have this? <laughs> our friend. Yes. Uh, does our friend of a fr- oh. Well, then I'll be watching. I'll be watching that very soon, maybe yes. tonight. Okay, if, if I'm lucky. Um, I thought it came it, out as I'll a sign you, of like theater and in, but I could be wrong. Who the fuck knows anything? I don't say so you, you, you've, you've never you, you've never heard a okay. This is interesting because Nick Cage is Nick Cage almost does like I don't want to call it surrealist. Uh, <laughs> I read this article, which uh, made a very simple point, which I always thought was was pretty interesting, that Cage kind of plays against whatever the role kind of calls for. Uh, mm-hmm. And in, in so doing, you know, ch- almost changes the the entire like, you know, the entire meaning of the story itself and definitely changes the perception of the character. It's such a it's such a meaningful way that it's hard to not be aware of him in the movie. He doesn't really like sink into roles in a way where you, you watch a film and and don't think about Nick Cage. It's a little difficult to do that. Um, But when he plays something like bad Lieutenant, 
you know, bad lieutenant, yeah. he it's he that's that's a trickier one, I think, because bad lieutenant is supposed to be a little uh, gauche or a little kind of uh, garish and and it's like a caricature almost of, of a corrupt cop. But he like, yeah, he plays it kind of straight. Or if it's, you know, you're supposed to be a romantic lead, he plays it a little like too wacky or he plays it's almost like he plays against type in everything and it just it it changes it just changes the way that uh that you see that character and so there's always that debate has always been is he a bad actor or is he a good actor i think he's a good actor because i think that's intentional because it seems pretty consistent over his entire career that's how he handles roles you know don't hire him if you want a guy to sit in the pocket like matthew mcconaughey and you know 14 dresses or whatever the fuck no i love i love mcconaughey you know hey the the mcconaissance uh you know i'm all for i'm all for the mcconaissance but you you know he's gonna he's gonna sit in the pocket on a a romantic comedy which is why he fucking stopped doing it he stopped doing them because he was so typecast he was like i gotta fucking just quit for like five years and then come back and do something else wait till everyone forgets about me because he was literally so good at it See the character in his character in Pig is written so well that it transcends his ability to play against anything. It's just like this is the character. You are a tortured chef who has retired to the woods outside of Portland, Oregon, where you used to be a superhero. And you have a truffle pig and it goes missing. It's almost like there's so it's it sounds absurd, but there's so much going on with that character that he I feel like he plays it. He plays it straight. It was like, all right, Nick, here's the character. And he's like, all right, there's so much there that he just plays it. And it's good enough. Mm-hmm. I think when I think yeah, I like when Nick basic, Cage, like, don't be a uh, fucking it, dick. It, don't be a dick and just play it straight. And he no, does it. No spoilers. No spoilers for this one. All right. This I'm not arguing that with you. The hunt's been out long enough. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's bullshit. Uh, by the way, Pig is not streaming, so it is only in theaters exclusively for now. Mm. But it is owned by the same production company that usually has a deal locked up with Hulu, so it could be on Hulu sooner than the books that I've read lately that have been really good are um and uh oh really, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh. cause the law, baby. Yeah, man, cause right. the law that tonight. Yeah. Hell yeah! <laughs> All right, Mike, uh, uh, should we shift gears uh, <laughs> real quick for uh, sober thoughts? Sure. Sober thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. Let's give it up for Luke Horbeck. It's now time for sober thoughts with Luke Horbeck. Luke, uh, what would you like to make amends for here? Well, it's not about making amends. It's just you know, sometimes you realize uh, you get on one and. And, uh, you know, instead of being a perspicacious, you know, delicate soul, you're more like a wrecking ball smashing through a wall. Uh, Mike, we were talking about the uh, we were talking about the Marvel movie thing and about a nine on the tension scale, Rube. Still not a still not a fan. I, I got to be honest. And John Scott, you're right to not even really bother. But, uh, you know, there's plenty of plenty of things to to like in the uh, in the universe. I do find it enjoyable. And I have been watching Loki which I was really enjoying until today. So after, after I told you about 
sober thoughts. And then, uh, and then between that moment and right now, I watched a like third episode or something. And then I realized it is another climate disaster show. <laughs> That's all it's about. And I'm finding these, I'm finding these tropes to be incredibly tiresome. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's not all terrible because, uh, one of my favorite movies, especially in the last 10 years uh, for action films, is Thor Ragnarok. And I think one of the reasons it's great is that almost it's essentially meaningless. Uh, so it's just a blast and a, and a fun romp. And I would be hard pressed to find anyone who didn't like it. So there's that. Uh, just wanted to put that out there for the record. I figure, hey, John Scott, if you, have, if you ever have a time when... When you're just, you're just, you know, uh, what are the what do the Greeks call it? Uh, slapping the ocean with sticks, <laughs> and you, you're incoherent. Uh, you make no sense, and, and you got no points. Uh, but you're just angry. We'll do a sober thoughts on the on the next round. Let's clear. I need uh, I need you guys to internalize who I am as a person. And give yeah. me the three to five Marvel DC Universe movies that you think that I would most respond to. And I'll do the homework and I'll watch three to five of these movies. Like everything in life, making a decision feels got good two. sometimes. You just got to make a fucking decision and move on. Two right off the bat. Uh, Iron Man? No. Lo Logan? <laughs> But that's not necessarily. Mike doesn't like it. You don't like no, Logan. No, I just said no. Logan's cool. I just had a. What the fuck? That was. I really don't. Anyhow, oh, Logan. A weird feeling in my ear. Logan's the best, and uh, Thor Ragnarok is the best of just like uh, summer blockbuster fun. I mean, it's what one uh, Wonder Woman. You know, that was like Trump City. It is. It was Trump City. It is probably. <laughs> Logan, Hugh Jackman is X twenty four. I yeah. don't know if that. Yeah, you could just watch that separately. You don't need to see everything else. That yeah, I mean, it. yeah, that's a good point. You, you know, yeah, you never have to unplug. That's the good best part. You can still stay <laughs> yes. connected. So. I, uh, you know, I, uh, I don't know if you're gonna watch these things. With, they don't have connection to the other films i don't want to call yeah a i need to for you. watch them out i think of watching i think watching dr strange might be all right could be interesting to you about like you know multiverse and quantum okay. physics and shit so check that one out it's also uh our buddy there cumberbatch he's good oh benedict sure yeah and it's got <laughs> the venerable Always intimidating. Luis Guzman is he in that? Now, uh, <laughs> Benjamin, Benjamin Bratt's in that. Uh, but no, uh, Christ, come on, Mike. What's wrong with you? I'm tired or something. Fucking Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton, thank you. Oh, oh yes. yes. So there you go. Tilda Swinton and Benedict Cumberbatch is enough. And uh, uh, Cheeto Oljuwafor as well. So those are three good actors. So. That's worth a shot, I think. And you don't have to be like locked into everything either to enjoy it. But I don't know, man. I mean, 
Why? Why? <laughs> There's the new Suicide Squad uh, is out this week. That's like the first one came out five years ago, and it was a fucking joke. It was you know, it thought it'd be cool because Jared Leto was the Joker, and I was like, oh, I love Margot Robbie. She's playing Harley Quinn. That's fun. That actually was like mm-hmm. supposed to be rated R. And fucked up, and it wasn't. It was just a shitty ass movie. And now they've the re. It's like a reboot five years later. So I don't know how that's gonna go. That's a DC property. Jared Leto is interesting as an actor. Yeah, that, that's why I thought it would be. I was looking forward to his take on the Joker, and but it all got chopped out, and he's hardly in it. And it's just dumb. It's a shit movie, a total shit movie, because he's not really a part of it. What a fuck. I haven't, maybe I haven't listened to enough. Dude, 30 seconds to Mars formed in 1998. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, dude. They've been around for a long time. It's fucking weird when you think about Jared it. Jared Leto is probably, well, he's, yeah, probably 20. He's 45, I, I would guess. They have to be terrible, right? 30 seconds to Mars? Yeah. Are they, it's not are for they me. any good? It's trash. Ah, no, it's trash. That's the kind of shit that I would love to love. But I know that I hate it. <laughs> I want to love it. I, feel, I want you to be good. But it's kind of how I feel it about that uh, fucking Twinkle Dance shit that you guys listen to. Twinkle gaze, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> twinklers. <laughs> what if I wanted to break? Oh, laugh it all off in your face. <laughs> Luke's taking the headphones off. Not feeling it whatsoever. Guys, how many monthly listeners Dude, does 30 is, seconds? Easy, easy. This, this is uh, uh, try this one. How many monthly listeners did you say? I don't know. Uh, short a uh, million. Short of a million. 700,000. I'll take the over. 5.3 million monthly Ow! listeners. That's very high. Very, that's a healthy number for sure. So he has a he has a fully successful career as a musician. He doesn't oh, even yeah. need to do the acting. That's true. There is some truth to that. How about this song? Oh my god, bro. <laughs> Not much going on in this song so far, to be honest with you. Is that a cicada or is that no. <laughs> it's got some like space Jesus vibes. Jesus Christ. It's, it's like ethereal, but then it like comes back to like ego. Hey, check me out. So yeah, fuck this. With arms wide open. No, here's what he here's what he is. He's uh I don't I'm gonna assume Jacob Dylan came out first. Yeah, J- Jacob yeah. Dylan came out in 95. Yeah, so uh, he is a he is a Jacob <laughs> Dylan fucking facsimile ripoff, and that is the fucking worst. Oh! Here we go. Just fucking, just play the whole song. Yeah, he made, hopefully he made a lot of money off this one album. But <laughs> I mean, they, they've got to be worried about him. He's a millionaire son. Uh-huh. They, they got to be playing Arts, Beats, and Eats this year, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Collective Soul, <laughs> Wallflowers. 
Collective Soul is playing Arts, Beats, and Eats. No, I just threw that. It just made sense. Like, oh, yeah. shit. I don't right. know. I would yeah, totally. Everclear, Everclear, Skip, Hoobis, yeah. thanks. Oh, you guys Skip are just roll. making stuff up. Oh, man. I would totally go to that concert. Oh, sorry, dude. We didn't mean to say buzz there. But, yeah. Hoobis, thanks. Oh, here we go. Hoobis. Yeah, this is their big hit, The Reason. You'll remember this song. Oh, yeah. This is like 2002. Maybe 2004. Anyways, this has over half a million plays in one song. And Hoobastank, believe it or not, is outdoing 30 Seconds to Mars with 5.8 million listeners per month. Hoobastank! They might, have, they might have the most of any band we've talked about. No, no. no we've had more. We've 5. had 7 5? million. Oh, yeah. yeah we've, had, we've had a lot of under millions, but we've hit some of the big ones. Is it all uh, because of this one song? It looks that... Actually, well, yes. This song is... <laughs> this song is, yes. It's got... Over John is very soulfully uh, lip-syncing yeah, this song. really here. feeling it. He's passionately feeling it. He knows the words. <laughs> that 90s like music video shit where like looking very wanton at the fucking like okay I desirous <laughs> it's very desirous it's funny, funny but uh, it's funny but I gotta get to something before we leave here uh, so, kind yes. of rapey, yeah, it was so a rapey this, album, uh, this album is 25 years old and it came out on July 30th of 25 oh. years ago 1996 so just wow. just last week yeah, I can get into that. Smell like Blue Dog inside the van. So, smell like Blue Dog. Is that what he's saying? He's got love dogs, by the way. He's not, the whole band loves dogs. They're like psycho for dogs. I learned that. So, the reason I bring it up is uh, on the road trip to Georgia, my mom had Sirius Radio. I hadn't never listened to Sirius. I don't have it, but my mom has it. So, they had like this retrospective sublime 25 years later the self-titled album they had the band members that were still alive on with like clips and the producer clips hmm. which i enjoyed the most what the producer had to say because i didn't know the producer at all it was like something leery or something weary i can't remember his name uh, he had all this great stuff to talk about his experience with the band because he never met them he didn't know them and they did this album together after 40 ounces of freedom was somewhat successful this was a mega hit you know this is what made Sublime oh, Sublime. Yeah. And he talked about meeting Bradley Noel and how the guy was really like dry and kind of quiet and weird in a way. Uh, he fart. He told us story about how he farted in an elevator a bunch of people that he didn't know. And he's like, oh, what? What's the big deal? What's the problem here? <laughs> the guy never said anything that he said that. He farts and says that. Um, but of course, there's heroin, tons of heroin involved. He said they all, he, first time he met the whole band, they met at a breakfast joint and they were shit faced by 10 a.m. And uh, <laughs> they're a band, they should be drinking. But the heroin was the, the downfall. He brought $10,000 worth of heroin to this recording studio, which was Woody, Willie, uh, Willie Nelson's place in Texas. So they go out to Texas to record at this place and they're supposed to be nice to the place, but they're punk rock, they treat it like shit. And Bradley Noel does $10,000 worth of heroin in a week. It was supposed to last two months. Someone's got to go back to California and get more heroin and bring oh it back. God. 
and somebody throws in a cherry on top because it's Bradley Noel of cocaine. So you got cocaine and heroin together. Speedballing. Yep, you're dead. Yeah. Was that the yeah. last week? Was that when he died? No, uh, he finished all those drugs and then. <laughs> That's, no, he was he still was, going. Every time the guy said, every it's time like he went Olympics, to the bathroom, it took four years. Then he died. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Although he he said every time the guy would Bradley would go to the bathroom, he didn't know if it'd be the last time he'd see him because he'd be gone for like forty five minutes to an hour, and he was like really fucked up on heroin and. That's what he said. Every time he thought he might be the last dose. God damn, man. I actually don't understand how you can even hold your head up. I know. But I mean, the tolerance, like, the tolerance skyrockets, you know? Crazy. Yeah, the, the tolerance on that yeah. shit just skyrockets. Anyways, they finally sent him home. They got most of the shit done, but they couldn't take it anymore, so they sent him home. They did. He said, I didn't know what to do with them, but I didn't want to enable, but I wanted to help him. I just didn't know what else to do, so I sent him back to California, and they finished the rest of the record some of the tracks related to the guitar and other stuff that the vocals have been done obviously but there was no need for him to be there they sent him home they finished the album the drummer talked about it he got the rough cut he was driving down uh, some main drag in LA listening to it and he said it god it was so it felt so good and sounded amazing he knew it was going to be a hit I can understand that because I remember recording an album and like after it's done, you're like, oh, I really like this song. I, I can imagine if he made this album and you're like, dude, I'm listening to this rough cut of this album. This fucking yeah. awesome. How cool a feeling that probably was. And then Bradley Noel died like a week later and the album came out two months later after that. But they weren't even going to put it out when he died. They're like, let's just put it away. They, that's what the record company wanted to do. They're like, let's just fucking scrap it. He's dead. Who cares? But they got it out. So... so- all the all the hits are all off this album. Yeah, there's some great Didn't songs on too? Forty Ounces, have... but oh yeah, Forty Ounces and then this one. Yeah, okay. This is the hits. You know what yeah. I got? Santeria the... and all that. Yeah, yeah, it's all on this album. That's like very West Coast hip hop. That last track for sure. That squiggly key line. <laughs> Yeah, I like this one. I think we're going to close the show on this one. This is a perfect song to close the show on. This is a great track. Got to talk about Woodstock 99 next time. Yeah, let's. we will do that. Uh, I definitely want to do that. We need, we, we need Matt for that. Yeah, yeah he'll be happy to be part of that. Uh, I got to go. You guys want to stay out? Let's just call the show. Yeah, just let this play and we'll close it out. Okay, great. Everybody, great talking to you. Cinnamon Ice. Check us out. Email the show. Should it say pod at gmail.com? Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll do a show. It'll be wonderful. Luke Scott, Michael Govia, Godspeed everyone. It was the music shop. It only took one to make that window drop. Finally, we got our own PA. Where do you think I got this guitar that you're hearing today?
Pacific. Get 211 to arrest now at 938 Temple, 938 Temple.